And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome back to the full squad edition of Warriors Plus Minus. Uh, I am your host. I'm not even a host. We're like all hosts. I got the co-host, Anthony Slater, in the building. And the other co-host who's decided to join us after a week of... I don't know, playing golf on some island somewhere with big wigs. Welcome back, Tim Kawakami there you to go. the five and there one Warriors. <laughs> Do people want to talk about this team? I don't so, know. Maybe so people have been asking why we haven't done pods, and they were like, Where's the pod? Where's the pod? Slater, we just blamed him. Like he was holding up the show. Hey, we've done two Warriors plus minus, and the Warriors have only played one game in like four or five days. So they start playing, we'll start talking. Well, that's not so fun. I even listened to the show last week. So how about that? I was a listener. Like, yeah, that's wild. Yo, what are you doing? That's not doing. how you should be spending your vacation, Tim. <laughs> what? I was like, where's the Warriors content? Yeah, I need Warriors was. content on vacation. You were one of those athletic subscribers that was just I need drilling I me need after I don't do an I all eighty two on the Thunder I had off to the bad. side. I'm just kind of listening to the podcast, and I hear Slater take a drive by of me <laughs> with a fifty three. I did. I was getting texts like, 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 "Yo, uh, what, what, what happened to all you?" Like it went somewhere. I'm like, "Let me go listen." Did the feed come apart? It's like, man, it wasn't one after the last game. I'm like, "Y'all gotta calm down." <laughs> like, jeez. Hey Slater, you can't do all seventy-two this year. It's got to be all. There's 82. the man. That's like that. You like that? It's gonna be forty-six, uh, and then every playoff game. How about that? But they got to get in the playoffs before. <laughs> so, it was all eighty-two when they were a playoff team, and then they got to. When they're not a playoff team, eh, 40, 42 games. But they get back to playoffs, they'll be back to all eighty-two. Or at least so Jacob, six, it's a sixteen-game podcast. That's what it is. Like they get sixteen-game player, sixteen-game podcast. Yeah. Every game that they take 50 or more threes, I will do a <laughs> podcast on starting now. How about that? Automatic. To me, this is a very exciting episode because the game that is coming up is one of those circle on the schedule games. I've been watching Charlotte on League Pass. That's my that's my squad to watch. You just love to hear Del Curry. You just you just on there for Del Man, Curry. Man, that team is exciting, dude. They're, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. But also, uh, we're going to get to see LaMelo Ball. <laughs> who has not been Charlotte's best player. For, no, he uh, has not. He season. has not. But he does look good. He, he's coming off a 30-point game. And you know what that means. You know what LaMelo Ball means, TK? The presence of LaMelo Ball means we must reevaluate 
the Warriors can counter because James Wiseman is going to be out there playing 42 minutes, right? He's going to be dominating on the floor like he has. Since. Do we think part of the uh, release yesterday of, hey, James Wiseman is now <laughs> Just so happened to be before here, you take yeah. And hey, here, let him talk. We're going to have him talk to everybody. There is some, he, he's existing. He's accepting G League assignments. He's, uh, I have, again, this might be true, but it's funny. On the broadcast, I went back and watched it, and they're like, James Wise, we were we were watching practice the other day, and James Wise oh, was the Wiseman hype was wild on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was yeah, dominating little... Dehan in his individual yeah. workouts. There, was... might, there might be some Lamelo function to that. Absolutely, there might be some. Remember last year it was like, oh, he shouldn't be looking at Lamelo. He shouldn't be trying to match those stats. He's the number two pick, and there's a number three pick, and just. Keep... But now it's like, hey, Lamelo's doing great. Maybe we got to get Wiseman out there a little bit. It may be. We'll see. We'll see. The truth about Lamelo, and we can get into the talk if you want. The truth about Lamelo is not only does he look great over his first year and a half, and like a guy who could help a winning team now, not only can, like is in Charlotte, they're winning, and he's a big part of it, but he, man, looks like a Warriors player. You know, you drop him in the Warriors system and the flowing, the passing, transition, small the, ball. The size. The yeah, size. six foot seven point guard. The shot's even better than what we thought, right? Like, And even the turnovers are Warriors-y. It's like, oh, he's trying this like crazy pass and it's going out of bounds. It just, all of it fits. But he's a star. He's a star. That's kind of big too because... The whole part of the point of Wiseman is, hey, we got to be prepared for post-Steph Curry life, right? Probably a smoother transition to hand from Steph to LaMelo entering his prime. I'm pretty sure one of the reasons they didn't really look harder at LaMelo Ball was that he was a little duplicative of Steph. Now, now, if you're looking for a post-Steph thing, like they are clearly with Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody and, and Poole a little bit. That's okay, but they also were trying to kind of get split the atom. They're trying to get somebody who was good for the future, but also wasn't going to be duplicative. And you know, I think we all heard this: like Steph's going to be making fifty million a year, and Clay's making forty million a year. Do you want to add another guard to that? With who gonna, who's going to need the ball in his hands? That turned out to be wrong. I mean, a miscalculation on how good ball was. But I think that was they they wanted a, a piece that would be different than what they had, but also would be good for five years on his own and they concluded it was wise and you know and slater and i for sure agreed with that at the time i think we probably both can say uh maybe Lamelo ball was a little mis- <laughs> a little discounted yeah we both there. miscalculated Lamelo, and a lot of people did i mean like the, he was not viewed as a sure thing and remember he went three but he didn't go one he could have gone one right i mean he was anthony edwards looks pretty good too by the way <laughs> Yes, he does. He looks very good. The LaMelo train has left the station. They missed, right? They didn't see it coming. They missed. It might end up going to Luka Doncic range. It might not. They can't control that at this point. But to me, what what really matters over the next few years is what type of miss it is. They don't want it to be a Luka Bagley. They want it to be a Luka Trey. Luka... Yeah, I think this is an even better comparison. Luca Ayton. They need him to, de- you know, Wiseman to become Ayton. Essentially, I'm not saying yeah, he's he the same exact player. That's too, much. That's too high of a seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in this league, in this league, it just doesn't happen for, for that position. We can still say to this day, Phoenix should have drafted Doncic, of course, because Doncic should have been the number one pick in that draft. But you don't sit there and watch Phoenix and watch Aiton in the playoffs last year and be like, oh, what an obvious miss that'll haunt them forever. No, because Aiton is solid. They just need to make James Wiseman good. And that is still very much on the table. And good in a way that might really help them, by the way. I, I thought I, I came away from that loss thinking James Wiseman could have really helped them here. I mean, a good James Wiseman, not bad James Wiseman. They just need another option, like another offensive option. Preferably one near the rim. 
<laughs> yes, I can say like somebody can someone's going to be five feet away from the rim when he catches the ball and then finish. And James Wiseman theoretically can do that. Kevon Looney absolutely cannot do that. I mean, I think there's yeah, cannot. Did you see the interaction with him and Steph during the Thunder game? I, I only saw it when you clipped yeah. it out in, in your story. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that's the perfect example, and you could tell the frustration in Steph. And like, I'm sure he loves Kevon. Kevon's been great for them, but it's like you know, you create the attention, you draw the defense, you hit the. Uh, he, he has to throw the bounce pass because it's Kevon Looney, and then it's <laughs> and then it's pump fake, pump fake, like. Lou Dort's coming from across the court to foul him, and then suddenly Kevon Looney's at the line. And he goes right over to James Wiseman, and it's basically like, that'll be you, that'll be a lob, and that'll be a and dunk. don't pump fake that. Just go, go, We're going up <laughs> no, strong, but no. that's what we're doing. And I'm yeah. not bounce passing it. I'm throwing it up to the the, cir- the square, and you're you're crushing it. And like to be honest, like you know, as bad as Wiseman's season was at times last year, particularly defensively, is, is like he's got to be able to survive defensively. He did that a lot last season. As as lost as he was out there, there was games against Charlotte. You remember the Charlotte game at home? He had like nine dunks in that game. There's stuff for him to do on this team right now. There really is. They don't need. The superstar, 20 touches. They just need the super basic stuff. When I get you the ball inside the restricted area, finish. And also, if somebody's driving, get a hand up because you're seven feet and you can at least contest it. Yeah, they don't need that much right now. This team is good without a superstar, a James Wiseman. And the threat of it, right? Then maybe they don't all collapse on stuff like that. Maybe maybe there's some, you know, there's more freedom for staff because... They don't want to see that dunk over the top of their heads from Wise. But I, I think one of the sto- again, they're five and one. We can praise them for that. They've played well. But I think one of the stories of this season so far, and we've all touched on it, is how bad Looney's been. I mean, he has been borderline unplayable. Now he's been out there to start every game. It's not a disaster, but they can't play him to finish games really because he can't do anything with the ball. It's just that he's a and to have him on the floor with Draymond. It's pretty tough. I've said this for how many years now? I heard this a lot when I said Ben Simmons. Like, oh, you can't have Draymond and Ben Simmons together. It's tough. It's tough. You know, you have a, you know, a generational offensive talent in Steph Curry. That's how you get away with it. You can't get away with it any other way. And it's not real easy to do it right now. And you can't play him with JTA. You can't play him with Iguodala. Like, there's some just groups of things you can't do with Kevon Looney. I've said this for years, and he's overplayed. You know, he's outplayed my predictions for him at age twenty-five. What, what does he look like? What is he playing like? Like he's thirty-seven. I mean, it's really slow out there, and it's a little tough. And Wiseman, I'm not saying Wiseman should start, but because we don't know where Wiseman is, I'm saying Wiseman can Man, get. Lodi is playing at a There's playoff no place. At a playoff pace, baby. That's what he's doing. 16-game six, yeah, looney. It's going to matter in the postseason. It might, and it might, and it might. It's flip side because, like, Kevon Looney obviously stunts their offense. We can see it. I mean, we saw it. In he that, didn't stunt the offense with that mid-range jumper he's been hitting. Let's go. He did hit a mid-range. Go, he did hit a mid-range. He's good for one of those a month. One of those a month. <laughs> the reality with Wiseman, I, I mean, I, I think – I think we're all very confident he can really help their offense. He can help their offense. But the thing that will make James Wiseman much more playable than Kevon Looney is if he can survive defensively. Because James Wiseman, at times last year, is not even just protect the rim. It's like, don't just be exploited. Remember, there was games last year where it was like, oh, the Lakers are just going at James Wiseman every play. And, like, he can't be that unplayable defensively or else you're going to have to play Kevon Looney. You know, it's a little double-edged sword. So, look – 
if they can just get Wiseman to playable defensively, they can give him basically all the loony minutes and then go small otherwise. But we got to see that from Wiseman because we have not seen that. No question. And you got to see him do it offensively too, right? I mean, we haven't seen that since he's been back. Is he? Can he get in the right spots? As we've all thought, you know, said that he's likely to get most of his minutes for now on the second unit with Jordan Poole and, you know, pick and roll. He's, he's in the dunker spot, all those things. And can he play defense on that group? Because that, that group could probably use an, a, a, some more defense. They, they've kind of leaned offense over there. Now, then, does Bielitsa come out of the second unit? Is that what we would be looking at if Weissman's in it? Well, Bielitsa, again, you could kind of reconfigure the rotation, but um, I, I think Bielitsa can play like late first quarter. Yeah, he'll play you know, those minutes with like Steph. Yeah, with Steph. The Damian Lee yep. sub. Yeah, I think, I think I, you know, I, I can see that. I can see that. And, and maybe get some with a second unit. Maybe you don't have to play six But he can you know, play that minutes, back half of the it, quarter yeah. instead, of the, instead of the first half of the quarter. You know, he can also play with James Wiseman. He's, he's a shooter. Theoretically, you know, yeah, Tim but, uh, Tim might he, argue, but, def- but uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, I can say yeah, he's that's, a floor uh, spacer. Defensively, is that going to work? Be elites at the four? Uh, you know, a lot of it's on James Wiseman defensively because James Wiseman, again, part of the theory of drafting James Wiseman was he can rim protect, he can be a go bear type, even if it takes him a few years. But you know, he needs to start showing that that is potentially in his future. There is a chance he could become a like you know game changing defender. Right now, he's a negative game changing defender, so. Like, you know, that's huge. But I will say, along these eight in lines, I was going to write a story over the summer, which I never did, which was looking at, because the Warriors have, the, they saw eight in emerge in the playoffs. Could Wiseman become that? I think there's a lot of differences. But I watched DeAndre Ayton rookie year film, and it was like, horrendous it was he was terrible defensively right yes, I, I, yes. I remember it, it, like he just didn't know where defensive. to go he, it, the entire thing and then last year you know they were the, phoenix was the sixth ranked defense and ayton was like awesome defensively in the playoffs and i'm not saying that's where wiseman's going but but you know for them but to it's be possible you say it is possible for them to be using all of these lineup combinations that we're talking about that becomes a lot easier when james wiseman if can he could just want a shot every now and then so people know it's not a layup line start there that's what they need you, you coverage is what happened but you can't have tj mcconnell getting layups while you're in the game like it just cannot happen like you've got to stop that but but i did want to i did want to get to the the next super major huge storyline from this big game that i'm super excited about how are the Warriors going to guard Kelly Oubre? Oh, man. This is the <laughs> Kelly Oubre. No, no. <laughs> Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre there really Oubre. might be a Kelly no, Oubre. No, seriously. Uh, this is uh, – Charlotte is going to be – they're one of the best offensive teams in the league, and they really are going to be an interesting matchup because, first off, you got to begin with who does who does Wiggins guard? Because not only do they have LaMelo – they also have Miles Bridges, who's the best player on the team. They also have Terry Rozier, who burned the Warriors last year and, you know, is a really good shooter. And they and they still have Gordon Hayward. So that's four guys who you kind of need to say, we need to put our best defenders on. And one of those guys will be guarded by Jordan Poole. <laughs> so this is going to really put some pressure on their defense and, and how they figure it out. I'm like... You got to start with Stefan Mello. You almost have to, it seems like. I would think so. I would think so. And, you know, Bridge is is, is is he breaking down guys or is he getting stuff in the flow? More than ever, yeah, yes. Yeah, he is. and yeah. a lot he of transition, yeah. too. So, like, he's he's flourishing in transition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Warriors are going to have to play transition, D. There's, I mean, there's no question they're going to give up a dunk and there's going to be a Steve Kerr timeout, right? We've seen that so often, and then they'll have to figure out how they play that transition, D. They don't match up with that. 
I mean, they used to. That's when the Warriors were great. They had they could throw wing defenders that, that keep coming at you with wing defenders. I'm sure Kerr will try to go all out there. Gary Payton the second will be out there. But that starting lineup does not feature a lot of – it has Wiggins basically to guard the wing and maybe Draymond to come over to, to help out with everybody. So they're going to have to score. Well, we've talked about that like all offseason going like this is a team built to try to outscore some teams, and we'll see if they can. They should be able to do it at, at, at home. Uh, yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte to give up support for you know, sure. With all this rest, yeah, and Charlotte on the road. Charlotte come, you know, this is not a team you go. Wow, you know, how do they how do they match up with this? The Warriors should match up with that, but they're gonna have to score. They can't go through one of their offensive funks, and they're gonna have to do slow Charlotte down defensively if they can. And I think that will be getting Iguodala in there pretty early. It will be getting JTA in there. Hell, they they might. How about JTA guarding Lamelo? I like that matchup. Like they're throwing JTA at point yeah, guards. Yeah, they do. Like they, you know, Steve yeah, loves love doing that. And how about Gary Payton the second? That's another one. Although he's a little yeah, short. You for can't that dribble on him. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You got to bring the ball up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll put Payton. I'll put Payton on Rozier. I mean, I'll I'll do this, something like that. They're gonna have to throw guys in like that and then try to get the offense otherwise. But interesting to see if like if Poole gets he's gonna have to guard one of those guys and he gets burned. Is he gonna answer on the other side? Is he going to show up? somehow in this game because there's been a couple of games this season where he hasn't he cannot do that as a starter getting you know a guaranteed 25 minutes a game they've actually been happy with his defense early and but the offense has been the problem which is the the big surprise i mean he's like 21 percent from three or something like that right now and you could tell like mentally it's kind of gotten to him offensively but you know they'll, they'll say he's kind of done his job defensively he's not gonna be like a stopper but I, I mean i don't know about you guys i have not watched many games where i'm like oh he's killing nah, he just he could just get beat off the dribble they, they, yeah he's just exactly he's physically not great he's not out of position that often you know you don't go wow that is just terrible he's physically he's just this yeah. guy can get by him relatively easy i think they're prepared for it Right, they know they're rotating, and 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 he's doing good with his assignments, but it don't. It, it's boom. Like his guy decides to go, he's gone. He's he's right by him, and that's that's gonna be a problem against a team like this. But I, I wonder. I don't even know who they'll start. Will they start? They've been. It, it's been. Does Rozier start? Yeah, Rozier start? Yeah. The last two has been Rozier. But Ubre is or most of the game, so it's going to be interesting to see how many dunks is is Kelly going to try for. I don't know how many he's going to get. He's going to try to dunk it every time he gets the ball, though. I don't think there's a question about that. I remember the you know the game I'm talking about last year. I mentioned Wiseman having like nine dunks against Charlotte at home. Kelly Ubre, like I might have been a record. He had six first quarter dunks, all assisted by Draymond Green. Uh, one thing I do remember about Charlotte, which which we much must mention, you know, as we talk about this matchup, they were maybe the worst team guarding the Steph action I've ever seen in that home game last year. They were just confused. Lamelo had a terrible defensive night, and you know they were just losing back cutters left and right. It's why Ubre had six dunks and and Wiseman had like nine. But um, you know it's just something to watch because you know we talk about their strategy coming into this year, the Warriors, which was like you know teams like this, you know maybe you don't defend them that well, just outscore them. This maybe is a game like yeah, you give up one fifteen, but score one twenty five. You know who they had last year guarding that action, right? Wasn't it Cody Zeller? They've had you know, a series. Well, you, yeah, they've you know who they got now, yeah. right? They've got the stopper. Yeah. Mason Plumley, maybe. There you go. Shut but down I like, I, It could action. be fill in the blank. You could have named any center. I, I would have said, yeah, that's who Charlotte had. I, I never know who their center is. Probably yeah. a white center. Yeah, I was going to say. Is it, Oka, is it Amika Okafor? <laughs> is that who their center is? Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo. 
Uh, I was talking to Slade a little bit this before the show. I just want to bring it up. Bielitsa is an interest because we talk about him as this offensive thing. They brought him in. He was going to make shots, space the floor. Guess how many threes he's taking? It's like seven or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's seven. barely shot them. And guess how many he's made? He's made two. Gary Payton a seconds made four. Out of four, out baby. Of four. Out of four. four? Yeah, four? yeah. And four, be, four. I don't know what's going on with Bleed. I mean, I don't look at the game and go, he's turning yeah, down. Yeah, that's shots, what I'm saying. I'm not but... I'm not necessarily getting <laughs> Aubrey Caspi vibes from him yet, but he's gotta shoot more. Yeah, it's interesting. That I have a theory. Go, go. They were hyping him preseason as this like playmaker, right? Draymond's like, you know, former Euroleague MVP. I didn't know oh, I he could where do this is all going. this. I see where this is going. He could put it on the ground. He could zing, zing, zing. And I, I, that's what I see a lot of is like, it's not catching. It was like Caspi where it's like, uh-oh, like why am I, I don't want it. Steph Curry's on the floor. I don't want to shoot. I think it's more like, let me go to my dribble package. Let me get into the lane and hit Draymond again. And, you know, he had a remember that pass the other day, he flipped over the top. It was like to a Curry lefty layup. It was a really nice pass. And like, Curry's giving him the goggles, and Draymond's like roaring in his ear. And I don't know. I think he's too much. Maybe embrace the idea the that he's like, like I'm this free. team is yeah, letting I'm me play. Me. Yeah, yeah. Look at so I'm, I'm I get Lebr- the ball. I'm LeBron out here. Look at me. It go. does seem like his mind is like playmake first. Where where Tim, you're, I think you're kind of right. He's like they kind of need him to be the, a floor spacer that like teams fear. Like uh oh, like they literally need the points. Like <laughs> like that's what it, they really need the points. And they need the spacing, and they need the spacing. You know, it, it's. I mean, I think he's it, got I, it, but I that's think how maybe, he's got the lane to drive. Yeah. Like people know he can shoot, but he they're turning down threes for twos. That's the problem. They they kind of need him to shoot. And he's six ten. Like he can shoot over people when they're closing out. I, again, maybe and 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 maybe Slater's right. Like maybe he wants to show this early, at least to show that he has it, and then settle back into the corner or in the wing and just shoot the three. He just doesn't want to be that guy, but. They kind of need him to be that guy. That's what they, they got him for. That's what this is built for. And, you know, when he's out there with Iguodala and, you know, JTA or whoever, like, he's got to shoot the ball. You move the ball around and you get it to those guys, they're going to move it themselves. They're not going to take the shots that often. Although Iguodala's three hasn't looked bad. He hasn't made a lot, but it doesn't look bad. But it's not great when Iguodala's a more willing three-point shooter than I mean, Porter's only taken 16, so he's not taking yeah, a lot either. So yeah, the taken, two guys no, who are supposed to come in too. and like really be the shooters and, and give them this weapon they have have taken 23 threes. Well, the other thing is they're not playing oh, as yeah. much as we thought, neither of them. I they're think that's part of it. He's playing one or the other. Except for the start. He starts the second and the fourth with both, but then he takes them out pretty quickly, and he doesn't play both of them with Steph, which you would think would be an interesting way. To, I mean, he did that in the preseason. Like, he played those three, and it was ridiculous. So, you know, you know, whatever. It's rotations. Are Steve is going to Steve, man. I Steve just thought, is like, man, who regards? Yeah, who regards thought, later? Yeah, this, really, <laughs> this really was going to be the three-point situation. I mistakenly predicted they would shoot over 50 a game in the preseason, and I was incorrect about they that. They shot over 50 <laughs> last year. They shot over 50, and I made sure Slater knew about it. And I don't know if they should shoot 50, but they should not have games where they're shooting like in the low 30s. It should be over 40. Just given who they have, given their – they don't have a lot of guys who make twos. Like who makes twos on this team? Who's an efficient two-point scorer on this team? Steph. Steph and Poole. I mean, Poole should yeah, be. He's not a but he yet, but yeah. Yeah, but he can do He's it. He can do it. Like that floater is nice. Yeah. He can't. Yeah, that would that would be a guy who can do it. No question. The weird thing about these pool struggles, though, it's like this idea of like, oh, now the regular season has exposed what he couldn't do. I'm like, we saw him in the regular season last year playing like down the stretch, 25 minutes a night. I just think he's in a funk. I think he'll get back personally. 
Yeah, he's got talent. He can get to the rim. I mean, there are things that Jordan Poole is going to do this season. Just haven't seen a lot of it yet. But it does, it just underlines they could use somebody who can get it too. Like, just get near the paint and either knock down a shot or finish. That's where I see Wiseman. Like, Wiseman can do some of that stuff. Now, he's inefficient. He didn't do a great job of melding with Steph and the whole thing last season. No question. But they could use someone to go get a two. Go get an efficient two. Like, who's a 60% chance of converting a bucket? Just it's supposed that they to be know going to happen. Yeah, it's supposed and, to be Wiggins. Yeah. And sometimes I mean, he can. He can yeah. do that at times. Yeah, yeah. sometimes he can. Sometimes he just doesn't at all. I mean, that's just the Wiggins. In his mind, if he feels like, I can take this guy, then you got a really high chance. If in his mind he's like, I don't know, <laughs> then he just completely backs out of that. Oh, the other thing with him is, does he make his first shot of a stint? If he makes his first shot of his time on the court, you know, those six minutes, then he's going to take two or three others, and they're usually going to have some flow. If he misses that first one, it's not going to happen for him. And it happens for a lot of guys. He's not the only one. Uh, I think we get used to seeing Steph who just, and Clay who just keep firing no matter what. Some, a lot of guys, it's predicated on that first shot. But they need some way to get twos, and then that gets them to the threes. But while they're not getting the twos, they need some more threes, I think. And I'm saying all this with a five-on-one start, not trying to criticize them at all, but it's like some of the stuff that we thought was going to fix their problems against good teams kind of showed up against Memphis, I thought. It kind of showed up. Yeah, I mean, just it, 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 they get into a situation where points are hard to come by, and they're not as good defensively as they used to be where they can just go, fine, we're going to win. Even though they were pretty good like, defensively that's that not game, the but it just Yeah, I mean, it's just that not, 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 well, good, not enough, good enough yeah. against the spectacular player. Yeah, the spectacular player beat them, and the spectacular beat them in, in the play-in also. It's like you get to that moment, and you got – to be a lot better in, in order to make sure that you don't put yourself at risk of getting beat by the spectacular player. That's what they do to other teams, obviously, with Steph. But you can't do that every single time. And Steph can't do that every single time. Nobody can do that every single time. Except maybe John Moran against, against the Warriors. Them, yeah. Against the Warriors. He's done it a couple hey, times. Hey, Slater, how big is tonight's game? They got, they got New Orleans and Houston to close out the week. Is this huge game or is it eh? – yeah, the talking Hornets about the game. Hornets game. I mean, you got to figure they got to be able to beat the Pelicans and Rockets at home. <laughs> I'd probably, but it's not huge because it's the seventh game of an NBA season and they're already five and one. Well, let me just say, how big would getting a seven one be for them? How big is that? I mean, to me, where it helps most is it just like it just decreases any type of urgency level with the Clay return, with even the Wiseman return, or you know the thorniness of reintegrating Wiseman which I think is going to be tougher than Clay like if they hit rough patches later in the season it's important to pile up these wins as much as possible when you should get these wins and over the next couple weeks like they really should get to you know 10 and 2 get to 14 and 4 something like that like they they need to get there so that's where it's important but you know any singular game I think we all know is not that important like if they lose to the Hornets like we'll we'll dissect why but then it's like, okay, then, all right, they beat the Pelicans and, and Rockets and they're 7-2 and two or whatever. I just think it's like when I was watching them lose to Memphis, I was thinking that's why you win the first three games, right? You, you build this up. Like, you know, I don't think we expect them to beat the Lakers. You beat the Lakers, you can kick away a game. And we know they're going to kick <laughs> kick away games. That's what they do. They kicked away the Memphis game. I mean, Draymond with the eight-second count, I could not believe. I don't know that I've ever seen that down the stretch of a close game. You know, those things happen to them. That happens to a lot of teams. When you win a bunch of other games, 
you allow yourself like okay that shouldn't have happened like they you know when they were when they had Durant like they lose a regular season game is that going to matter no no it's not going to matter the playoff games are going to matter so you do this to make sure that when you mess up a game or two or three or six then you've you've built it up where it's not costing you a playoff spot maybe it messes around whether you're the fourth or fifth seed if they're that good we'll see if, if they sustain this but you just want to pile it up. You want to pile us up. Want to feel good. You know, clearly they feel good about themselves. They've been feeling good about themselves since the since training camp. And you just want to keep that. Yeah. And if they lose a game because Wiseman messed up a few times, they're not in a panic. They're just like, okay, we'll get Wiseman through this. And you know, at the time we're eight and three, and that's okay. So that that's what it means to me. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The other thing is that, the, you know, nobody in the West is, you know, like the West just doesn't look like some gauntlet. I mean, Utah looks good, although they lost the other day to, to, to Chicago. They've uh, had a they're, they're tied schedule. first right now, five and one. <laughs> they got the Bucks without yeah. like four I, I players. Mean, and, and, well, and look, they're probably, very, the Warriors very likely are going to have a worse regular season record than Utah. But, you know, everyone probably is. Absolutely. This is Utah. Yeah, they get the one seed, <laughs> they probably disappoint. <laughs> but, I mean, you look below that, like the Lakers are obviously looking kind of rough right now. You know, Dallas has looked okay, but there's also, you know, issues within, like, uh, that team. Uh, Phoenix you know, you know, up and down. Yeah, yeah Phoenix yeah. is 2-3 and three I feel like right Phoenix now, will get it talking. together, but, man, uh, they don't look good. <laughs> Finals hangover. Finals hangover. Yeah, the Super Bowl hangover, finals hangover. Uh, you know, Clippers are two and four. Blazers don't look good. Uh, Lakers, you know, okay. You know, okay. Not Just, e- yeah. I mean, okay is probably too strong. I, I I think they got issues. But um, yeah, so to me, like the West is open for them. They're in that To mix. me, that's yeah, the reason that to like to win a game against the Charlotte. Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think a top four seed is much more on the table for them than I thought. And I'm talking more like probably three, four ish. TK, here's what they got going for him. The Warriors, I mean. Steph Curry, 17 career games against Charlotte. He's averaging 36 points, 51% shooting, 49% from three. Slater, what's the one team, uh, Slater, uh, the, the, Slater, what's the one team that Steph tortures more than Charlotte? Only one team he tortures more than Charlotte. The Orlando Magic? Portland Trailblazers. Nope, Toronto. 
Toronto. Oh, it's, just it's, because it's of when that it, if Steph has lived there, he is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Or or if Aisha has family and friends there. <laughs> Something about, yeah. yo, this is my city. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. crazy. Too bad for the Warriors. Yeah, he didn't go to UCLA because it doesn't work. Nah, like never. That that's the problem. In Stay, LA. It does they get Charlotte twice in the next couple weeks. That's actually the, you know, they have this eight-game homestand, but the first game of their next road trip is in Charlotte. Yeah, Steph, Steph loves going home. Pops sitting courtside. That's a big deal. Pops will be courtside. I'll just say, but in the postseason, that team is Portland. That team is absolutely Portland for him. He lights up the Trailblazers in the playoffs. So I just want, that's why I said Portland. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to back up my guess of Portland. Like, hey, Mark, Mar- do you think he's playing well right now, or do you think he's playing okay? Uh, okay, how's, it's how's very typical early Steph. B- by the way, it's 35-2 against Portland, so <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, it's not too bad in the regular season. Right, right. He's averaging 35 points. No, that's minutes. I'm sorry, looking at the wrong. I about to say 28 against Portland. 33 games, 28. He was 36-5 yeah, in, that, yeah. in, in the Western Conference 28 points, by the way. He's 40, 45% from three. Yeah, yeah. He, he's giving Portland a business. Draymond crushes yeah, Draymond. Portland. Draymond crushes Portland. Well, Portland has never had anybody who could, who, who could even come close to what Draymond does. They can't defend it. They can't. He defends everybody. They just That's the problem with Portland. They just never had that power forward or even a three that, that scares the Warriors in any way. Actually, TK, you, you, you are right. Now I'm looking at I was looking at minutes. I'm all in the wrong column. You're right. <laughs> he averages 28 against Portland, 27-3 against Charlotte, and 27-4 against Toronto. So he torches Portland more go. than any team. I've just seen him go off against Portland. So I think I think the times. 62 know, last year helped that cause, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that still counts. It all counts. Year. Yeah, nah. yeah. I just you figured know, he played more. Game sixes, like, he's yeah. played more games against Portland. He hardly sees Charlotte, but I just can't remember a bad game that he's had against. I'm sure he's had one against Portland. He had a 42 point near no, triple I've, double rookie year in Portland. Like he's been tortured. Yeah, I mean, there's been games where where Lillard's lit him up too, but Steph hasn't shrunk from that, right? You know, Lillard might go for 45 and Steph goes for 41. That matchup is they both score. It's not like one just destroys the other one. Uh, I just feel yeah, I just can remember so many games where Steph was just so dominant against Portland, and not the same way that. You know, it just and it's always the heat of the battle. It's always close games. It's always great moments. And Steph hitting tons of shots against that team. To answer your question, though, Tim, I don't. The main thing I'd say about Steph early in the season, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. And that's like to to watch with these guys now that they're over thirty early in the season is like, does it look like there's a potential decline coming this season? And you know, the shots are in, they're not in in the fourth quarter or whatever. Like he just looks like the same player as last year. So that's all that really matters. He's having to defend some point guards now, right? I mean, you know, not every game, not every minute. I do think that's a factor, minute. though. I do think it's it's like in that Memphis game. He looked at he looked at gas, and he had to play defense that game, right? So it, it does have some effect on his uh, shooting. But you know, Steph. Well, that's why they didn't bring him back till yeah, the four thirty two mark. Steve <laughs> yeah, yeah, was like, hey. Yeah, when he did put him in at six fifty, you knew the game was going to run. Like he wanted to put him at like a six. 18 and you knew the game was sitting there just sitting there just bleed clock like just (laughs) killing that's when you do one of those take fouls those euro take but uh he's only shooting that's when you call time out is what he uh he's only shooting 39 percent from three right so it's you know the turn-up is coming at some point. He's going to end up somewhere at 42. He's taking a ton of them, he too. He takes 13 and he makes five or six. 
the Warriors will take that every single time. And sometimes he's going to make eight of those. So that's all good. It just, I do think they're set up to be a three point shooting team. I thought they were going to be a three point shooting team. They are, they take a lot of them, but they don't take as many as I thought they would. And, and I think they should figure out a way to just take more. I just think they're there. And those are, those are the best shots for their guys. Otto Porter can get to the lane a little bit, but not really. That's not his game. Bielitsa, we saw a little bit of it, but he's a three-point shooter. Like These are three-point shooters. Their offensive guys are three-point shooters, and maybe they should embrace a little bit more. One more topic we should probably discuss. Kaminga made his debut. Is it good or bad that his first bucket is a three? I remember thinking, like, this is not what, this is not what he needs to be doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter, but it's, it was summer league vibes, and that's not, that's not how he's going to play. Well, it's preseason for sure. I mean, he's out there playing the Thunder, which, by the way, their starting lineup is like a summer league team. But, you know, he was playing mop-up Thunder minutes. But I think it's good for them that he's a confident three-point shooter, even if right now he's probably like a 31% three-point shooter. I think as they develop him, I think you want your potential, like, high-usage wing to, to shoot threes. He went in the lane, you know, the next time and it didn't work out. But he did, you know, like, he didn't just say float around and say, Give, let me let me jack up as many threes as possible. He passed up stuff first. He's like, hey, I'm not going to force it. Yeah, I'm he's a, passing on a double. I'm going to move it. I'm going to wait for him to come to me. I was like, all right, that's good. I like that. It felt very, reminded me of Jeremy. Remember Jeremy Lin used to be on the end of the bench and the, the crowd used to, like, cheer for him to get in. It felt like that when they were like, <laughs> well, he, they, they were just a little too excited for <laughs> I was like, this is like Jeremy Lin vibes again. Like, relax. He's just <laughs> yeah. And it, it, Joe Lacob, I'm sure was yeah, sitting like, courtside yeah. going, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no. yeah. That's a, that's always a bit much, and I, I, I keep. I think it's a lot bit much when you're playing with Steph and Draymond watching you. I think that puts additional pressure. It's good pressure, but it's still pressure. And Clay there too. But yeah, I think I think we all think Kaminga's got stuff. It may not show up this season. But you, know, you talk about getting twos. That's what I was thinking. I, I just wanted to see him against a defense that's not very good, against a bunch of young players, like slash and finish. Yeah, know what you're doing in, in you know in the key. Like just can get there, be available for a pass, and then know what you're doing. It doesn't have to be a shot, but be a threat so the defense has to move a little bit and maybe convert on the post or convert with a dribble and a dunk. You know, they do need that stuff. Like good teams have the you know the the playoffs are not three-point barrages usually. They're try to get yourself a couple good twos. And I'm not sure that Kamigo's going to be great at it, but he's going to do some things uh, and to, to pile on the guy we're, we're bombing today. But, I mean, he can do stuff that Kavon Looney cannot do. Cannot You're do. always bombing on Kavon. Hey, did you not see that Kavon rotation to, to, <laughs> to take away not. a layup? And that went, oh, yeah, what a rotation. He, he just great glossing over Looney's ability to stay in front of point guards. He's just, like, glossing over like it doesn't happen. Brian Smith is uh, saying it right now. This is the where we missed lay, Ethan yeah, Strauss. Yeah, yeah, no question. We missed the loony Ethan Strauss is what we missed. By the way, uh, you say all this stuff, and who's, is he playing at the end of games, by the way? No, no. Yeah, you're you're right playing. right now. But I like the commitment to small ball. postseason when Steve loves him. <laughs> Slater, you know, you, know what's a tri- you know what I get from Kaminga? And it, when he came onto the court, it jarred me in the same way it does Wiseman. Obviously, they're not the same, but... Even though you've seen them before, they still strike you as like, yo, this dude is big. <laughs> like, it, like it's a jarring, like, yo, Kaminga's not little. It's crazy, especially you see him in like in a jersey next to other guys. It's like, yo, this dude is big. 
yeah, especially because he's just turned 19. You know, that was the takeaway in Summer League. To me, he showed a lot in Summer League. And and, and I don't take much from the other night because he just, you know, he looked gassed after running up so and down. Two nervous. His eyes, dude, he was so nervous. <laughs> Well, not even just nervous, but like he breathing heavy because yeah, it's like you, you know. But the guy yeah, you get basketball. you get tired when you're nervous, right? You, you're under yeah, stress, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, he he looks like a Pascal Siakam type, like big four. He is a four. There's like you know when they took him, like oh, he's a he's a big three, and he is a four, and he is not. He's gonna a be small a four four-five. five. <laughs> he's gonna be a guy who can play five. Yes, yeah. yes. he's a modern four for yeah. sure, and. That is his position. That is how this is going to happen. When it's going to happen, who knows? But he is not. I mean, if they play him and Wiseman, they are going to have a huge front line. You know, I mean, Wiseman is big by any measure. He's a big center. But Kaminga is going to be a big four. If those two guys can play together, they're going to be big. They're going to be bigger than almost every team they play. Let's take you on a virtual reality tour to Joe Lake of 2025. <laughs> Hold on. Here is this front line. By the way, Slater, people... People are quoting your your damn dang chat to me on Twitter saying just later saying that Joe Lakeham is intruding on the personnel decision. I said, intruding? I don't think so. Can I you don't intrude think so. when it's your team? <laughs> it's your like, team. Has anyone ever said that Joe Lakeham isn't a part of every decision? I, mean, I know. Uh, so anyway, it'll be Kaminga high low passes. It'll be like kind of old school be, news. Yeah, school they're going to be different. I mean, I know. I mean, this they know this. They've drafted for this. They're going to be different and. They're going to be big. Maybe, maybe the league will come around to that by that point. What'll be interesting about that transition that obviously does appear to be coming in the next few years, and this is a different podcast for another day. But like you know, Steve Kerr's adaption to that over the next few years, you know, you know, they're already talking. Look, Wiseman's got it. It's got to be pick and rolls, pick and rolls. It can't be like just read and react stuff. And Kaminga, I think, is somewhat similar. Like it's not gonna be. Move. Read and react. Yeah, move off. across the lane, cut yeah. back weak side. Yeah, I don't know about that. DHO, uh, pin down. Okay, <laughs> run to the corner. Uh, they're going to get what they can get out of this season and next season. And then I think there will be a major transition, probably in the middle of next season. They're probably going to have to see you know, if Wiseman is the guy. Because these contracts start coming up, right? I mean, these things start happening. And they have to make long-term decisions. And we know what the owner feels about. James Wiseman, and we know a lot of the basketball people agree. We'll see. But there will be some, you know, if Steph's still great in three years, they're still going to play like this. But you have to kind of think about if he's not great in three years. But if it's no longer Steph and Draymond and it's more like Steph and Wiseman is like, then it's got to be a lot of pick and rolls. Because Steph can, Steph can succeed. Well, he's done it with Draymond, right? They did pick. That's what that's the other thing anyway. It's movement three. Yeah, it's movement pick and roll. It's not just ISO pick and roll you know who knows you know they might have to do some different actions but we'll see maybe Wiseman's terrible I mean that seems to be certainly on the plate it's possible I think this is going to be an interesting interlude while they have some breathing room while they're playing well whenever he's back which I assume what a week and a half something like that it sounds very likely he's going to go get some time in the G League. I believe the G League season. Santa Cruz plus Santa Cruz, minus. Warriors plus we'll minus. Yeah, we'll be ready. Yeah. We'll be coming yeah, to you live from Kaiser soon. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that great. Would be that would be great. If, if it's Kaminga and Wiseman down there, we're going. Oh, oh, we're going. Yeah, we got to pick it. <laughs> I'm picking y'all up. We hitting 17. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, I'll do live. We know people are going to demand it because they're demanding it. Of Sl- Slater's getting pounded for not putting up enough of these shows. So that's the content. The content is good. You keep going with the content. So the next time you hear from us, there'll be uh, 
what eight and one. Yeah, we're we're talking plus minus though. We're talking plus minus here. But yeah, something like that. Something seven seven and one, eight and two. Oh, they got the four four be. games. The one two three four next four games. Where are they going? Uh, Charlotte, New Orleans, Houston, Atlanta. Three and one. Three and one. Yeah. So, so eight and two. We were saying eight and two. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I hey, I'm surprised they lost the home game. I thought they were going to just be dominant at home. And, I, and they got all these home games. They should just clean up. It should be like that six and zero run to end last season. Like, this they is were up nineteen. Yeah, but they, 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 won, sh- but they showed their flaws too. Yep, I just think that they're going to be a really good home team, and maybe they'll be better on the road than I thought. But I figured, you know, little under five hundred on the road. That's about what a six seed is. Dominated home, a little under five hundred. If they're five hundred or better on the road, and they're say they win twenty nine, thirty, thirty one games at home. That's a three seed. That that's a three seed, and you know you you win these games, you you put yourself in position for that. I don't think they're the third best team in the West, but I think they are playing a style, and they have the players to be able to run some of these tired East Coast teams off the court, and it, it should start. I'm going seven and three. Tomorrow. We'll see. Seven and three. Yeah, it'd be fine. I mean, I think they would have taken that. Charlotte, Atlanta is rough. Those <laughs> those teams are clicking. I, I'm I'm curious how they'll guard them. You're gonna, you're gonna have to lose both those games. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. Travis Lake revenge game. Travis Lake revenge game. Dan, watch they, watch they Dan Martinez revenge. Watch the Warriors blow out Charlotte because I picked against them. <laughs> Steph does not does not lose that game very often. Wait, what? What's his record in the 17 games against Charlotte? By the way, you looked that one up. Yeah, Marcus. I guess it's like 13 and four. Yeah, it's, it's been, been some, some terrible Charlotte, Charlotte teams. teams. I think four is I. I think four is high on. They've that thrown away at least one of them. There were some early bad Warriors teams as well for Steph. So. Marcus can't come up with it. We'll Did he ever follow. play against the Bobcats? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The Bobcats. He did. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that was, wasn't that long. He ago. was drafted. Yeah, yeah, remember, because they trade they traded uh, Stephen Jackson to the Bobcats that his rookie year. That was the big trade uh, after Brandon Jennings dropped fifty five. I was watching the Russell Westbrook documentary thing the other day, and they're showing him getting drafted by the Seattle Sonics. It's just funny. The great Seattle, Seattle Supersonics, Kevin Durant's rookie season, which I'll always remember. Marcus, can't Marcus come we're, up we're buying yeah, time yeah, over yeah, here. It's, I know. It's we're rough out here. I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. Probably pretty good, we'll say. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's not 4 and 13. It's not, yeah, definitely not that. But stat head is, is moving a little bit slow. Uh, how, about you go, how about you go over some rotation? No. <laughs> you pay for the stat head. I, I pay yeah, for heck that. Yeah, heck yeah. Like don't yeah, you get the subscription? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely it's worth, worth it. it. It's worth it. It's like who's who's leading the Warriors in plus minus right now? I'll just give you that right now. Who's leading them in plus minus? Um, probably Damian Lee. Lee is second. Oh, oh. It's, um, it's, it's the obvious answer, which usually Steph, yeah it doesn't always work. Yeah, Steph Curry number one. I th- I figure you might ask that because it was uh, a yeah. Know. That's why I asked it. Is a little Damian like, Lee being two is is Lee, notable. Lee though. two like Draymond is not that high. I, I forget who's three, but it's like Steph by. Far is number one, and I don't think there's the only negative are the guy like Kaminga, the guys who who barely played almost everybody's spot. Well, they're five on one. There's not a lot of interesting stuff there other than Damian Lee has got a really good number. He just things work out okay when when Damian Lee's out there. Oh, that's gonna say Chris Chiosa. That's the other big big. Plus. What was the hell was he playing for? Brian by the way? Smith has beaten twelve five for Marcus Steph Curry. Punch, twelve and five against the Hornets. His internet speed is quicker than yours, Marcus. B Smith, way to go! Nice, nice connection there. Why was Chris Chiosa playing the other game? By the way, 
in the Memphis game, they had 23 turnovers, and all Steve Kerr would talk about postgame is too much random activity. We don't have a true point guard out there, particularly with the second unit. We got... Oh, he did yeah. say, he did say yeah, that. He was talking about like organization, blah, blah, blah. And then you see Chris Joe's out there like, you know, horns, horns. And you're like, yeah, this is Steve is just like, you know, let's uh, get this thing organized, which, you know, it's just classic Kerr. You know, even if you're sitting there like, shouldn't Gary Payton or somebody be getting these minutes? But they kind of like Chioza. Move the ball. I would say about Chioza, like he is pretty stable, but I don't think he should be getting well that's the thing when pool starts turning it over and gp2 does turn it over a little bit i don't know if he's done this but yeah he did but he, he's threatened it's like there's not like you feel great about him with the ball you feel great about him finishing no question he's not a point guard but he's a wing, he's a wing. Can, yeah chioza can move the ball and he's hit a couple threes so that's fine i just was curious so i wondered what if if there was some reason for that it just was bizarre to just see him pop up on the screen and go there's some guy out there that i didn't think was gonna be out there uh, but there you go. I think yeah, he's also right. used this uh, twice in the last three games. They've taken Steph out in the middle of the first quarter for like three minutes, and he's put Chioza in that spot because they're like they think that's going to minimize Steph's overall minutes. Uh, from you know they're trying to get it down to like thirty four, which I know the fans will love. Yeah, yeah, and so they can get him in at uh, five minutes instead of four four oh nine in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm okay with that though. I'm okay with limiting the step minutes. I do. I do believe that's one of the reasons he's been strong at the end of seasons. It's like you make sure he's not playing 38 in November. You know, in all October, all is forgiven know, you, if you win, and they're five and one right now. So, what's their record against Portland? What's Steph's record against Portland in those 33 games? A lot more games. Are you including playoffs? Yeah, you're not including playoffs. I, I say uh, 20 and 13. I think it's. I'll go. I'll take the over on that. I think more 22 than 22 and 11. Oh wow, jeez, that's a good record. That's a good record because a good Portland team that's been pretty good this whole time. But it just shows you how much Steph and Draymond just cook that team. They just cook them. And and the playoffs has been what they won in five and then they won in four. So they're eight. Oh no, worse than that. They've had what four series? Yeah, over the years. Four series? Oh, okay. I thought it was two, but three. I think it's four one four zero four zero. That's what I think it's been. But I just, I, you know, and this is obvious. I was just, just thinking about this. Steve Kerr in the playoffs. What's his record in this playoff series with the Warriors? Eighteen and two. Steph is ten and zero against Portland in the playoffs. He did play yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Well, because he didn't play in the game they lost. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't remember play he the missed first the first. Game, so that's three why games. It equal twelve. What was it two? Remember he came two. back. First, Sean Livingston started. Well, he came, came back in game four. Yeah, first three. Yeah, first three. That's right. Sean. They won the first two games at home and lost game three. And then Steph came back and did not start for game four. But then another Portland uh, trivia playoff series trivia. Mike Brown is two and zero against Portland because uh, that's when, <laughs> that's he's like he undefeated, right? Mike Brown. I believe. What what did Mike finish in those playoffs? Because it was two against Portland, sweep, sweep, and one finals game. So eleven and zero. Eleven and zero. Mike the- Brown, okay. man. What is a better record than anyone who's ever existed? Uh, eleven. <laughs> the Mike. I, lo- I love the Mike Brown love. I love it. Let's go to Mike yeah, Brown love. All solid. All good. All right, Marcus, you still looking up those records? All right, one or, more. Can I do one more? Show here. I, I have a desire for one more. <laughs> okay. No, I was I was trying Toronto? to figure out the last time Steph lost to Charlotte. When was the last time Steph lost to Charlotte? What was the game that, that Draymond got the two texts? Was that Charlotte? 
what was crazy yeah. about that game? No, Steph, Steph was in well, okay, the pregame okay. huddle about to go, and then remember Celebrini that's right. pulled him out of the that's, huddle. Yeah, that's right. And at the time, that's you're like, right. COVID. Uh-oh. You know, it looked like one of those pull somebody off the court because you got a test, but they said he had, like, vertigo, dizziness type stuff, and then he was fine two days later. That was in Charlotte. That's right. I forgot. What a what an interesting oh, game. Yeah. And then the, the Draymond double-T collapse at the end. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember Rozier is yeah. the one who beat him, right? Rozier hit the shot. You know who had a gr- you know who had a great game that night because they almost won without Steph, which it was actually a good Brad Wanamaker. Brad yeah, Wanamaker yeah, was great everywhere in that game. He pit- I remember he <laughs> oh, picked standard, Lamelo standard. at half court and like it, anyway, it was it was the last fun. Warriors loss to Charlotte came February 2014. They got torched by Al Jefferson with Steph, with Steph, yeah, with Steph. They with got Steph, torched with by Steph, Al Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. The great Al Jefferson, 30 and 13. <laughs> that was a big game. I'm surprised it's only 13 and 5 against 12 and 5. That, that, that Brian just said. I'm surprised it's only that. Yeah, 12 and 5. I thought those early years, that, those early years hey, was tough. On the road, NBA on the road. Yeah, yeah. And plus on the road in the NBA, it's always, it's, it's never just write it in, except for when they won 72. You just can't write in victories. They was, That team won 72 games, Marcus. Jesus Christ. That was unbelievable. Slater wasn't there yet. 73, yeah. 73. Yeah, 73. Did I say 72? Yes, 73. That's right. Jesus, man. Jeez, they lost to Charlotte in seven years. That's crazy. Well, I would say 73 win seasons, what what gave birth to Warriors plus minus. Know know your history, Slater. Know your history. It all comes full circle to close the podcast. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Way to end it. We're out of here. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.